You're about to hear a message from our lead pastor, Michael Signorelli. Prepare to go, C1. Wow, I am just so excited to jump into this message today. I feel like, you know, every single week I, I get, you know, Facebook messages and emails and all different type of way that people are trying to communicate to me. I, I showed up on Sunday and you begin to preach. And, and how did you know? Like, how did you know? It's, it's kind of weird. How did you know? And I say the same answer every single time. I know your dad in heaven and he told me to tell you this. And that's what I think is a little bit different about this portion of the service. And, you know, for those of you who are new, this is just a quick two-hour message, okay? <laughs> no, some of you are so thankful for the movie theater contract kicking us out. So they go full charismatic. <laughs> I don't know what we are here. Baptocostals? Baptocolics? I don't know. We're crazy. We love each other. There's a supernatural unity in this room. Yesterday, last week, Sunday, we had a supernatural. I felt like a holy moment happened in Passport, which is where we learn how to become members. And we call it owners. You know, members have rights, but owners have responsibilities. And that's what the keys you see on people's neck are. We got any owners in the house? Well, we had this crazy moment where somebody was sharing about how rebellious it is for them to even attend this service because they're crossing over the lines, you know, the family traditions and the different things. And we had this holy moment as somebody else said, well, you know, my family's Hindu, Hindu, so I'm also rebelling to go to V1. And then someone else, you know, my family's Greek Orthodox and someone else, my family's Catholic, someone else, I'm from a Jewish family. And, and then we realized in that moment as tears were coming down our face that this unity that you feel in this room right now is a result of us literally crossing lines. And I said, you know, they say that blood is thicker than water, but how many of you know that spirit is thicker than blood? You've got a spiritual family in this room. Isn't it awesome? And it's just a bonus that we're all so good looking. God didn't have to do it, Julie, but he did it. <laughs> For those of you who take notes, I'm just going to get to it. This message is entitled, Present Over Perfect. You know, you can't be perfect, but you can be present. I was asking my daughter, Bella, just trying to build up my preacher material. And you know, your kids are, are content. For those of you who aspire to be a preacher, you just, it's mandatory to start having kids um, to get like good content. So I was like, Bella, you know, tell me she's 11. She's going to be 11 years old. She's like 11 going on 35 and they were having a business meeting the other day in my living room, like her and the three-year-old. They were like hatching plans. And Bella was like, you know, these people who sell Christmas trees in New York City, they got to learn how to hustle. You could probably sell them for $100. And she starts talking. I'm like, are you gangbanging now? Like, what happened to you? We moved to Queens and you became a hustler. But I was asking Bella, I said, Bella, tell me some of the most like incredibly funny memories that we have. And she was reminding me of this time in Indiana. We're from Indiana. That's why I sound the way I sound. I talk correctly. You all are still working on it. Um, I think it's just a good rule of thumb to offend you, like <laughs> offend you in that way before I offend you with scripture. But, um, you know, in Indiana, there's not much to do. That's why we moved partly, you know, it had nothing to do with God. It was just exponentially more exciting here. 
And, but there was this castle that was kind of this anomaly in Indiana. And we had like made this little plan. Bella and I used to go on like daddy daughter dates that dubbed as like adventures. So I would make little maps up and we'd place the map out and chart it out. And I was always trying to create like fake drama because, you know, I didn't really want her to get in trouble, but I thought the fake drama element would make it fun. So we go to this castle and there's this large like stone wall. So I said, okay, Bella, she's about seven years old. I'm like, I'm gonna take you and like hoist you up to this wall and then you're gonna be able to look over the wall and then see into this castle. And, and it's a legitimate castle, but there's probably some real entryway, but I was like, that's not fun. We gotta like break into it. So all of a sudden like hoist her up like this and I get her up the top. Right when she gets to the top, these alarms start going off everywhere. Boo, boo, boo. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's real drama now. So I take her down, I'm running with her, I throw her in the car and we get in the car and we peel off and then I get to the side of the street and I, we are laughing hysterically. And she's like, oh, daddy, I can feel my heartbeat in my hiney. <laughs> my heartbeat in my hiney. You know, that was like one of our best memories. And, and as she was just sharing all these memories that she had with me, you know, I thought to myself as we're going through this message series, the one thing she never said was remember that time that you just like mindlessly stared into your phone and ignored us and kind of acted like we didn't even exist. That was exhilarating. <laughs> she never said that. Remember that time that you were completely oblivious because that new series launched on Netflix and you just had to watch it because you were busy all day? That was so much fun. Can you turn to the person next to you and say, come on, let's be present. Just elbow them like a real New Yorker and say, be present. <laughs> you know, this message series is transformational even for me because I, everything that goes to you has to go through me. I'm the first one to experience the conviction. I cry before you cry, okay? But I wanna review last week shortly because there was so much good stuff there. Can we just welcome everyone who's watching live right now though? You know, and, and it's, we've got this on iTunes and YouTube and whatever, but we learned last week that there is actually a science behind and a psychology behind the apps that are developed on your phone. And the same group of people that actually have developed the casino slot machines. Now there's a science behind slot machines. They've got to keep you engaged because that's what keeps your money engaged as well. Hello. Those same people are actually involved with developing your apps for your phone. And it's no mystery that when you use your thumb to pull down like this and you get a little spinny wheel, then you hit the jackpot and new content shows up on your screen. And what I talked about and what you all learned last week is that you are actually playing a digital mobile slot machine all day long. And, and the table is tilted to keep you engaged on this thing. And it's not that the phone in and of itself is evil, but man, it can be such a warfare for your attention. Somebody say, be present. Okay, so the also, also the other thing that we learned is that where there is a perversion, there is also an original purpose. Did you guys know who invented sex? Can I just tell you his name? God. God invented sex. You know, it was his idea. I think it's an awesome idea. Anyone else? All the married people said, Amen. all the single people said, yeah. you better not. You better not. <laughs> Security, get that guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, but you know, it, it's no mystery to me that, that the thing that could have so much purpose and so much power can have so much perversion. A life-giving force can actually be twisted to create death in your life. And some of us are victims of the very thing that God wants to restore purpose of in your life. Man, it was a good message. Now that I'm reflecting, I'll just do it again. Last week, I dared you to stop living like you're alone. Emmanuel is God with us. But in 1 Corinthians 3.16, the Holy Spirit is God inside of us. Stop living like you're alone. Stop living like you're alone. Let's just read uh, the book of Acts chapter five. Anyone here join me for Ask Pastor Mike that digital Bible study we have on Saturdays, anyone? A couple people, a couple people. Um, it's been a good time. We went through this Saturday. I invite you guys, skeptics, if you have questions, I, I literally duke it out with you. Um, I'm not, I, you know, uh, intimidated by questions because Jesus wasn't. And the same Thomas that we call Doubting Thomas actually died for the gospel because Jesus showed him the nailed scarred hands and the evidence that he needed to believe he was Messiah. So Ask Pastor Mike is just an opportunity to ask me anything. And I think it's been going pretty well. Um, but we're in Acts chapter 5. So I'm going to just read this. Can we just read the Bible together? We're in, I'm in the NIV translation right now. Anyone have their Bibles with them today? A couple people. Anyone going to cheat with me by reading on the screen? Okay, okay, we got some guilty consciences. <laughs> you know, our app has the Bible in it as well if you need that. But now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself. Someone say, uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> he, he brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money that you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the mon money at your disposable disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but you have actually lied to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and he died. What an encouraging church service that was. Well, for all the new people, we, we do this thing where we go, well, well is how you volley it up to the person next to you. Like if, if it's not for you, but if it's for them, you just go, well. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all those who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came, says, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price that you and Ananias got for the land? See, there was grace there. There was an opportunity to confess. There was an opportunity to reveal so that God could heal what did she say? She said, yeah, that's the price. And she lied. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door. They're at the door. That's how you got to say it. And they will carry you out also. At the moment, at that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Okay, let's pray. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everyone's like, I don't know what to think about that service. It was really awesome until the end. <laughs> so, you know, I got married young. Is anyone here dumb enough they got married young like we did? 
Julie and I had this program. We're just going to be Christian hippies and play music all over the world together. And then we got pregnant on birth control three months later. Well, <laughs> all the single people who had sex out of wedlock, was, I was like, oh, no, that can happen. <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess so. Well, we got married young, and in and, and our early uh, years of marriage, I had a, a terrible, debilitating addiction. I was a traveling musician. I, I used to gig and go out for a living playing music, and um, I had this addiction, and it wasn't uh, prescription pain pills. My addiction was buying new gear. <laughs> buying new gear. I had to. I needed it to advance my career. And... Uh, <laughs> Ty's like, man, this message is speaking to me. Tell my wife. So I had this new combo amp, and I remember trying, I was like 22 years old, trying to run through our apartment as fast as I can to get to the room to hide it and then let it look old enough for the next couple weeks so that she'd think I always had it. And all of a sudden, Julie caught me, and she's like, what is that? And I'm like, it's a new amp. And she's like, you bought more gear? And I'm like, well, I traded a whole bunch of other gear for it and tapped her account. But mainly, I, mainly. <laughs> and, and, you know, it was like we had this battle where I would be conspiring to get my own way. And, and you, you all do it, too. For me, it was equipment. It was music gear. For you, it's something else. For Ananias and Sapphira, it was actually conspiring to sell this land to look as radically generous as the rest of this early church. So they had this mask of perfection on and they were trying to, they wanted people to believe so badly that they were a certain thing. You know, we all plot, we all scheme. It's time to take the mask off today at V1 Church and say, this is who I really am. This is what I've really done. And if you read this story in Acts chapter five, you may be asking yourself, where's the grace? Where's the grace? There's three things that I learned from Acts chapter five. And if you're a note taker, you can take notes. The first one is this. You are a human being, not a human doing. You are a human being, not a human doing. If you think that you are the total sum of your to-do list, you're gonna live your life feeling like you're never enough. You are a human being, not a human doing. See, the early church, we're only five chapters into the book of Acts. Jesus had just pieced out, and now they're trying to figure this whole thing in conjunction with the Holy Spirit out, and all of a sudden, they're, they're just seeing people give all their possessions and meet their needs among them, and Ananias and Sapphira were inspired enough, but they had a deficiency. They had a weakness. They had a flaw in their character. They thought that they had to hold up the pretense. You know, you should never let your doing overshadow your being. You know, you are a son and you are a daughter. And, and let me just explain to you how profound this revelation is. You know, I had just spent years being a worship leader. It's funny because we get new people in our church who are like, Pastor Mike, do you play any instruments? I'm like, yeah, I used to. Because God has brought me in such a different direction but I spent the last couple years at our home church, Road to Life Church with Pastor Dave. And, and you know, I'll be honest with you, when I first got there, he gave me an assignment. He said, your assignment, and I was sitting on the edge of my seat. It's a 2,000 person church with a live stream. This is Mike Signorelli's debut. 
and I'm on the edge of my seat, I'm going to lead no longer slaves, right? And do it better than Bethel, right? That's what's going to happen. And he was like, are you ready for this? You are going to go into the gymnasium and unroll inflatables and work in the kids' ministry. And I was like, what the heck? (laughs) And I spent months in that kids' ministry in the dark of that gymnasium, that musty, smelly gymnasium, unrolling inflatables like, do they even know I toured? I played in front of thousands of people. Do they even know that other guy who led last week sings out of key? I don't sing out of key like that. Oh, this is just me. Okay, the rest of you guys are perfect. Okay, the frozen chosen, you know. (laughs) So I I used to just, in my mind, then finally, month six, with my hard heart, I was unrolling an inflatable. Man, why does it make me emotional? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I brought you to this place to convince you that you were never a worship leader. You were a son singing worship to his father. And, and all of a sudden, this something was born in my heart. It was the spirit of adoption that cried, Abba, Father. I'm, no lo- I'm telling you, I might be preaching a sermon right now, but I'm not a preacher. I'm a son who's delivering a word from your dad right now. And see, if you put your entire existence in a title, then you stop becoming a human being and you start becoming a human doing. And sometimes even when God will remove something from your life, he's trying to restore your humanity. Because I wasn't a worship leader. I was a son singing a song to his dad. And then guess what? When I didn't get scheduled for worship, it's all right because Abba, I belong to you. You know, when nobody scheduled me to preach a sermon, that's all right because I'm reading something with my dad in my quiet time and I don't need that position. You are not a human doing. You're a human being. You're a son. You're a daughter. Number two, to be a Christian means to be accountable. You know, it's easy to look at this Acts chapter 5 like, where's the grace in this? They died. They straight up killed over. I thought this was New Covenant, New Testament, buddy Jesus with both of his thumbs up. They died. But this is a story about grace still. It's a story about when you're given the opportunity to access grace through accountability and you refuse it. It's a story about God sending you to a church where they're repeatedly messaging to you that you don't have to have it all figured out, but you still keep acting like you have it all figured out. That's what this story's about. It's a story about that. Listen to this. You you know, you experience freedom when your self-consciousness is invaded by God-consciousness. And that's what he wants for you right now. I don't have it all figured out, but you know what? I really don't even have to. I'm on a journey of accountability. You know, it's funny because when I talk to married couples, we do this thing because we've got to we've got to stop living like we're alone. You know, you can't go through this holiday season, Emmanuel, God with us and then not act like he's with you. You know, I tell the married couples in marriage counseling all the time. I'm like, you want me to help you argue better? Now, can I just say on a side note, if you stop arguing, somebody's cheating. You know that, right? Like healthy relationships have tension. And if there's no tension, it's because somebody let go of their end of the rope. Can I say that? So it's okay to argue. And Julie and I are the marriage counselors. We just are expert arguers now. We do the same things we teach you to each other. And we know we're doing it. We're like, you just said that to Ross (laughs) or whoever. 
And I'm like, it worked for him. It's going to work for me. Humble yourself. (laughs) But you know what? I tell these couples, I say, you need to let your self-consciousness be invaded by God consciousness. So I want you to take a chair, put it down in the middle between you guys. And I want you to say, this is Emmanuel. This is God with us. Now let's continue this discussion. And do you know how hard it is to destroy your Ikea dishware when Jesus is sitting in the kitchen with you? But, but we're sometimes, especially men, we're so visual. I mean, that's why we're addicted to visuals that we need to produce a God conscious visual in our life. It helps. I did it for myself because I'm that stupid that I needed the Jesus chair to help me become a better husband. Number three is this. You can't be perfect but you can be present. See, Ananias and Sapphira, they thought that when they were conspiring together to sell this plot of land, to fool the apostles that they were radically generous, that that they were just working alone, just like Adam and Eve in the garden. You know that their names, Ananias and Sapphira, actually mean grace and beauty. And so just like Adam and Eve in the garden, they were like, well, we're alone making this decision because their God consciousness dissipated in their self-consciousness and they begin to produce sin in the world. And now fast forward to this thing called church in Acts chapter five and this, these people named grace and beauty making a decision that looks anything but grace and beauty. You know, I'll tell you, maybe you're like me It's like I'm skinny fat, (laughs) like I have abs, but they're underneath, you know, the the, the burritos. And, And sometimes, like, when I try to motivate myself to get to the gym, I'm like, I can't be perfect. I can't look like that other guy, so I'm not going to be present. But I've been, these messages come through me. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to the gym anyways. And I I conjured up all the strength and courage I needed. And then all of a sudden I went to the shoe rack and realized I have no gym shoes or tennis shoes or sneakers or whatever you guys call them out here. Jays. And that infuriated me because I'm like, I finally put on all these other workout clothes and now I don't even have J's to work out. So you know what I did? I'm thinking about this message and I said, I can't be perfect, but I can be present. I put my dress shoes on and went to the gym in the dress, dress shoes. And I was standing there doing curls and ripping out. And people are looking at me like I'm a psychopath. And I'm like, I can't be perfect, but I can't be present. And see, some of you are saying, well, I'm not even going to go back to church because I got drunk. I got high. I'm telling you, if you will call me and say, Pastor Mike, I'm still at the club. Load in starts at 6 a.m at v1 church and at 5 30 a.m in the club i will get you an uber and bring you here drunk and high because i would rather have you here you can't be perfect but you can be present some of your dads some of the father wounds that i counsel in people are literally dads who said i don't want to be present in my home because i can't be perfect therefore i won't even be present and, and I've heard people say that my hope my dad even understands that, that I, would, I would have rather had a bad dad who was there than no dad at all. And they weep and they weep and they weep. But that dad believed the lie. I can't be perfect, so I won't be present. He needed to hear this message. But maybe you do too. Maybe you do too. We're going to close this thing down right now. I'm going to close it out, I promise you. But the other day I was, uh, I was making eggs and I made this terrible mistake of putting the fork on the pan. 
And when I put the fork on the pan, I used the spatula, scraped the eggs into a bowl, and then just casually grabbed the fork, AKA the brand, walked up to the TV, take a first bite, and all of a sudden, I didn't feel it, I heard the singeing. And then the puff of smoke just went into my nose. That, it was my lips disappearing. And I screamed, ah, which hurt even more. And as I did that, it was like, how stupid am I? And I just, oh, just made a dumb mistake. But you know what, the rest of the day, I, I was completely quiet. I just spent the rest of the day completely quiet. And, and then I started to become more present. And I said, you know, there's something to this because I, my, for, I have to communicate for a living and yet I'm not able to use my mouth and something's happening and atmospheres are changing because I'm not talking. And I started to study this phenomenon and did you know that when you mouth breathe, the biology is such that it produces this micro level anxiety response where your heart rate accelerates when you mouth breathe. But then when you know, when you breathe through your nose, actually the opposite happens and you begin to be just slightly relaxed. That's why you will never see a high level cyclist or marathon runner panting because they are actually trained by high level instructors to many of them to carry water in their mouth so that they train themselves to breathe through their nose to trigger that relaxation response. What I want to tell you to close this thing out is stop panting in the spirit. Stop panting emotionally. Your mouth breathing, your insatiable need to tell and to speak and to get everything out and talk to someone is triggering an accelerated heart rate. And I'm your instructor right now telling you, put the water of God's word in your mouth and start to breathe through your nose and be present, be present. God is here in the midst of you and you can't hear him because you don't have water in your mouth to train for the thing that he's got you to do. Would you all just stand to your feet with me right now? There is no doubt in my mind that somebody in this room, somebody watching online, somebody via the podcast needed to hear this, needed a safe place to call home. What I want to do is this. I just want to see if we can close this thing down by just placing God's words in our mouth uttering his words back to him. And, and this scripture that I think just seems so appropriate for today is Romans. Verse 15 of chapter eight says, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into mouth breathing, anxiety and fear, but you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons and daughters whom we cry, Abba, Father. You know, see, Abba was the Jewish way of saying Papa. And Jesus started a revolution when he used that word to communicate with his dad. Because up until that point, you had this ritualistic, I have to do all these things. And I, that was a human doing is how you get into the Holy of Holies. But see, he said, no, 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 you're no longer going to have to be a human doing because I'm going to do all the work for you. Now you're going to get to be restored to being a human being. And now through my Holy Spirit from your gut, you're going to form the words, 
papa. You're going to form the words dad, where there was a per perversion of the original purpose of that title. Papa, dad, I'm going to begin to form those words in your mouth, and then the air that comes out of your lungs will be the breath of my spirit. And that's why we got a church full of former Hindus. That's why we've got a church full of people who are crossing every bound because out of the same belly is coming the word Abba. I've been adopted today. I no longer belong to myself and spirit is thicker than blood. I've been grafted into a family and we make an opportunity for that every single Sunday. So why don't you do this with every eye closed right now. If you're here and you feel orphaned on any level and you're saying, I, I need that, I just need that in my life with no one looking around just to create a, uh, just a private space with you and God, would you just raise your hand and say, I just need to receive God inside of me. Come on, there's just so many hands in this place. You can just put your hands down. And this is just for a second group of people that I feel in this room today. Maybe you're here and, and you're like, I just can't get out of this cycle of just feeling like I have to earn my existence and I never feel like enough. Even the days when I get my checklist done, I never feel like enough and I need that reminder today that I am enough because Jesus is enough through me. Would you just raise your hand up? Come on, you just put your hands down. You guys can just look at me for a second. You know, there are just so many people responding to this message. You're not alone. You're not alone. Maybe you needed to know that you're not a worship leader. You're not a preacher. You're not an usher. You're just a son and a daughter and be loved as such. Would you guys just borrow my words as your pastor and just make this declaration to close us out? Is that all right? Can we do that? Okay, so everyone just say, Heavenly Father, I receive you. Wash me clean. Make me pure. I'm not a human doing. I'm a human being. And I am enough because you are enough. And today, I receive the fullness of what you have for me as a son or daughter. And today, I choose to leave free in Jesus' name. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Amen. Can we just put our hands together for what God just did in this place? Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.